wish I was on the last episode because Gilmore Girls is one of my faves. Ah, uh, yes. That was it. W- that was a fun one because I was literally laying down in a hotel room in Vegas. And I was like, I'm just going to lay how I would watch the show. Oh, <laughs> that, that was this time last year, right? It was right around now. That was this time. Oh, happy right one now, year yeah. anniversary, Joe, to me and you. We are just crushing it. I think that was the first of all the shows where we covered it and I hadn't seen it before. And I was like, okay, I'm convinced I'm going to watch this show. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I had differing opinions from Julie. She says Suki is annoying. And I said, you better stop when I was listening to it as a, just a mere a mere human who was not a podcast host at that time. I was like, my God. And then I, I shortly after joined the podcast when Gilmore the Gilmore Girls episode aired. And I was like, I would have had so much to say, of course. I still haven't watched Gilmore Girls. Uh, I just, it's so good. I will say that that particular episode, as much as I do love Suki, that is a very annoying Suki episode. I guess. He just she like, has my yeah. favorite joke of the whole episode, though, where she's like, I'm I'm angry and I'm sad. I'm smad. <laughs> like, that's the best joke of the whole episode. Gilmore Girls is one of those things where you, you said it best. You call it a warm blanket or or something like that on the podcast. It really is. And like, that's one of the shows where when I'm watching it, I'm just calm and zen. And like you said, laying and watching and calm like there's there isn't anything that would ever make me I'm crying because some of the things are sad or whatever I feel like it was a warm blanket for the first like five seasons and then like six and seven is just like too much cliche drama where I'm just like there's like 10 episodes where Rory and and Lorelai just aren't speaking to each other and it's frustrating that's very frustrating I'm talking about like OG Gilmore girls seasons like one through four I feel like if I ever need to just like have background noise, it's perfect. See, I push back on that. I'm seasons four through six, like to the end of six too, because I like when she goes to Yale. I don't really care for the early. I don't care for season one and season two is fine. Season three, I can watch all the way through because it it sets up season four. But yeah, I do like the Yale stuff too. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. Anyways, we're talking about the OC. And I am so excited because I'm an OC girl through and through. I actually was just telling Matt and Kathleen that I started season four today because for whatever reason, after I watched this episode, I was like, I cannot remember how the series ends. So are you two going to watch it? Yes. I and mean, do you care if I spoil something big that you probably already know? I don't know anything, but go ahead. Okay. Fuck it. So when Marissa dies, <gasps> yeah. I was like thinking that was the end. Like, I, like I, I'm like, no, there's a whole other season after that. So I'm like, yep. I have to rewatch season four. So now I'm like six episodes into season four because that's all I did all day. Wait, Let's... how many? There's only four seasons. There's four seasons, but it, this is from like, you know, early to like 2004, 2005, where network television is pumping out like 25 episodes. So yeah. there's four seasons, but almost 100 episodes. Yep. Yeah. Season four has like 16, but the, re- the rest of the seasons have like, I think like 20 something episodes. Yeah. So like you can have huge, like you can literally have like huge arcs of things and with these characters and like it only happens within like one season, which is supposed to be like one academic year because mm-hmm. it like it's it starts with the end of summer and then goes into like the beginning of the next summer as the the episode plays out. For me, never seeing, never have seen, never have being seen. There you go. <laughs> no, that wasn't it either. I've never seen this show. It felt so familiar to me. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's a mix of One Tree Hill and Laguna Beach. It felt so familiar. And I immediately was like, I'm a obsessed with this it's great i don't know how i've never seen it i'm shocked that you haven't seen it either so tis the season bitches we're talking about season (laughs) one episode 13 the best chrismica ever with joe joe's back he's back and joe said he was going to do this episode on the gilmore girls episode he's like i want to come back when we can do a chrismica episode and i'm glad that you stuck to your word as a prophet this show is great it's very dramatic but again we have to remember when it was out so watching it now i'm like oh my god so like so dramatic like every marissa scene is so dramatic it's so bad bad. i hate her i hate marissa hater 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 wait i I have so many questions so one being do we always hate marissa joe you can answer that first because (laughs) it came out really hot hating marissa that's true (laughs) because you're a fan and that surprises me but it also doesn't surprise me i love summer I always have loved Summer. So Summer starts out in the beginning like 
just sucking. She's just like your average, like popular Sophia Bush kind of in Wintry Hill. Yeah, I would say that's a good example of what Summer was like. So like, I guess if I'm thinking about it, like I probably didn't hate Marissa in the earlier seasons, but then she just goes through some shit. I mean, we're literally in season two during this. Oh, wait, we're in season one. Wait, Christmas goes in season one? Christmas goes in season one. My note is wrong because I literally have, if Marissa has a drinking problem in season two, what the fuck does she do for the rest of the season? So so there, that's what I'm saying. There's so much drama with Marissa. So shit. Now I have to think. I guess I'm thinking of like how you were like, it's their long seasons. Like I'm like, oh, this has got to be like season four that we're talking about. Well, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, this is like an hour long, well, 45 minutes, but you know, hour long with commercials episode of television and this is episode 13 Mm -hmm. right so you know the crown is 10 episodes (laughs) like it's right where you're able to pack more in i mean i rewatched the oc this this summer like in this past summer in full because you know hashtag covid (laughs) and this episode happens like right after we have like Marissa ODing in Mexico mm-hmm. and like, you know, all of this, all of these shenanigans have happened to get us to this point. They try to break her out of the hospital because uh, Julie Cooper wants to commit her to like go to San Diego to some rehab facility. Like there's all this drama that has happened and it's like 13 episodes in and we're only maybe halfway through because there's two more episodes that come up with the character at the end, the 20 from Phantom of the Megaplex who, you know, with the dark hair. Uh, that was just for Matt. <laughs> I said that just for Matt. And he um, loved it. <laughs> so you have like Oliver at the end, right? So like it's, and then there's two more episodes with Oliver where things get really intense with him mm-hmm. before you even get to the new year. Cause one of those episodes, no, three more episodes with Oliver, but one of those episodes in the middle is like the new year. And that's like what? 15 episodes into this 20 something episode season like it was we don't make television like this anymore unless it's you know an SVU or an NCIS and so to see like this was such a cultural phenomenon in again a very kind of I guess outdated way to make TV is just like was fascinating to me I guess now that I'm thinking about it I think season three Marissa gets better because she starts to like grow more. They're older, they're more mature. So she gets involved. With, I mean, her death is involved with a bad person, a hot person, but a bad person. Mm-hmm. And he like never wears a shirt. Never. Like, just never. Never. And he's like hardcore in season four because that's, you know, you know, I'm watching season four. I really should rewatch the series before I answer your question on if I hate Marissa or not because. I think I'm mixing up time frames, just like I said, because I was thinking that this was like season three and it's actually season one. So I think I need to rewatch. But my answer to that question, Kathleen, is upon a rewatch, having not watched it in maybe like seven years prior to that this summer, I do hate Marissa. Okay. (laughs) Because it's such like dumb girl shit. Like Mm -hmm. it's just we don't it's pink, stupid girls, but in a person, you know, (laughs) like that's. 100%. And like, yeah, we get it. You have like, you know, you have all these issues or whatever. But like the, you know, the way you rebel against that is to like, you know, experiment with bisexuality and like, you know, fuck the pool boy. Like it's really nothing. Summer, I didn't like, but Summer gets better. End of season three into season four, Summer is my favorite character because she's the only person I feel that has a very specific and defined arc Mm -hmm. in her development. You mean girl-wise or the all the characters? Of all the characters. All the characters. And that includes Ryan because end of season one, Ryan, like it literally is the parallel episode to, to episode one. He like goes away from the OC and then, you know, of course he comes back. But like if they had not made, if the OC didn't get picked up for a second season, that first season is like the best because the way it ends is the way it started. Mm -hmm. And so like, so he has some regressions and then Seth also has his regressions as well. But like the only person I feel that has like any true growth besides Kirsten is Summer. Yeah. And I I hate to say that because I don't really like, you know, Rachel Bilson is exactly exactly what you you said. She's like Mila Kunis and Sophia Bush <laughs> mixed together. 
I think you said on the last episode you hate her. Oh, uh, Summer? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, you Summer, don't like Rachel just, Bilson. Oh, yeah. I don't like Rachel Bilson. How come? Why? Let's talk about it. Because she took my man. She took Hayden Christensen. And then I think they broke up. But they were they together did. when they made Jumper. <laughs> okay. So there's no actual reasons to hate Rachel Bilson because I really like her. No. Okay, no, cool. I love yeah, I Rachel Bilson. Like I, I, again, again, it's like very pink, stupid girls. The reason why I don't. <laughs> like Joe, did you watch Heart of Dixie? <laughs> no, and I'm afraid to watch it because I'm probably gonna get sucked in. It's really cute. I, know. I watched two cute. seasons. I never finished it. Yeah, me neither. It was years ago, but man, is it cute? Yeah, it's, it's really super cute. Okay. I've decided after one episode that Seth Cohen is my dream guy. Love Seth Cohen. So in any normal st- situation. Kathleen would pick Seth Cohen and I would pick Ryan. Yeah. That's just how we go. Yep. Like if you think about Jane the Vir- if you listen to our Jane the Virgin, like I was Raph, she was Michael. Mm-hmm. But I am so in on Seth Cohen. Yeah. It's I texted our group chat today and said this is so out of character, but I would date Seth Cohen in a heartbeat. But you get to see like a shitty Seth Cohen yeah, this in this episode. Great for him. <laughs> but I can it's it's in the moments where he's so hype for Chrismica. It's in those like dorky trying to get Ryan into it, like talking to his parents so quick with these dumb jokes. Like, but, and I was like, whoa, I'm feeling something in my, <laughs> in my heart. But yes, the storyline with the two girls, Anna and Summer is out of control. I was like, who let this happen? Yeah. Has this been happening for episodes at a time? So it does happen for episodes at a time. And realistically, like Anna is the perfect girl for Seth. A hundred percent. There's no question. Yes, like none at all. And you see that in this episode, like Anna makes... A comic book and Summer gets in a slutty outfit and tries to fuck him, basically. (laughs) Like so any normal world he would be with Anna and that would be that would be it. And he is with Anna at some point in the seas in the series, right? In the next episode, he's officially he gets with Anna in the next two or three episodes are like the Anna episodes. Yeah. And so the background of Seth Cowan is that he was obsessed with Summer and was like a nobody. And then Ryan like comes along and kind of like makes him somewhat of a somebody. Then like he tries pursuing Summer and then, you know, Anna comes and all of a sudden people are fighting over Seth Cohen. Okay, <laughs> quick question for you, Joe. For As someone mm-hmm. who has never seen, I could tell that Ryan obviously is this like broody, grew up in maybe had in a bad childhood. How does he end up mm-hmm. in the OC? Can you explain that to me? Uh, not to spoil Julie's rewatch of it because it does get addressed in the last episode. But basically the thing I love about this show is that like people end up exactly where they begin and it's like it's the cyclical nature of things i'm not saying the oc is like you know this like big buddhist tv show or anything about the circle of life but basically ryan is struggling so the first season of the show is ryan trying to escape his past trying to escape where he's from and they make a big deal that he's from chino in the same way that in karate kid they make a big deal that danny's daniel's from Reseda. so it's, you know it's like these like shitty california towns no one really talks about and then in like season two his arc is that like now it's about him accepting where he is so it's about him accepting and looking to the future and it's the idea that like he can dare to dream he can dare to be more he actually is very intelligent and he's using that. So what's interesting about this is that like there are the regressions, like regressions do happen. So like he goes back into what he knows about like going, you know, drinking or fighting or like violence as a way to solve problems because he's not really good with words, but he is good with his fists. And that comes up a lot in the series. But like the overall arc is that it kind of in the way that like so the whole the whole premise of the OC is that like Sandy Cohen is a public defender whose client Ryan that he meets like basically gets kicked out of his house after his first day in juvie and he takes him in and then he just like adopts him basically like now he's living in this rich people's pool house because he had nowhere to go. And there, it's kind of hinted at and you kind of see like, you know, like my Christmas and uh, my Christmas at my house was like my mom getting drunk and me getting beat up. And I'm like, Okay, well, so what ends up happening with him is that like he ends up finding ways to kind of like address and answer for his past that like create like good. Like he's closed the door on it and he's able to move forward and deal with like his newfound privilege. I'm glad this is a season one episode now because he's still while they're talking about the traditions of the Cohen house, he's still obviously like 
not used to it. He has no idea how to act. He doesn't want to take because he's used to not like he doesn't want to overstep. Whatever it is, it makes so much more sense knowing it's a season one episode. I was going to say I got very like Jesse from Gilmore Girl vibes from him. Yes, very much so. But like if if we had to compare the two, I probably would take Ryan over Jess. So I'm also Michael from Jane the Virgin. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Love that about you. And when I initially watched this show, so the whole reason why I got into the OC in the first place is because I did watch it live and then I stopped watching after season three. Uh, like middle of season three and then I picked it up again because I had like my friend gifted me the DVDs like of all the seasons and I picked it up because I was using it I had just had my heart broken by somebody and he'd like it was a friend who I was like really in love with and then he like friend broke up with me and I as a way to kind of get over that I watched like I binged the OC like every day for like three weeks, you know, I just as much as I could. And I only watched that. And like, I didn't feel any better afterwards. But (laughs) I did feel like, oh, okay, like, you know, the problems of these like rich white people in like a Southern California town, just like two hours from here makes me feel like a little bit better. And it was nice to kind of get caught up in the drama. And so I mentioned that because the guy that I was like trying to get over looked exactly like Seth Cohen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I'm like, okay. So like when I would tell my friends, like, oh, oh, I'm like watching the OC right now. And they're like, oh, I understand why. Because he looks like, you know, you know, so-and-so. But now that I rewatch it, I'm like less attracted to Seth and definitely more attracted to Ryan. And it's because Ryan has like, he is able to keep up with Seth in a way that I don't think is really appreciated in the first watch of this because Seth is very witty and he knows he's witty. He knows he's funny. He knows he can, he knows he can be ironic and stuff, but like Ryan is also right there going with him like tit for tat. And he doesn't get credit for it because he's supposed to be the like, you know, brooding, like character with that god awful choker from 2003 for goodness sake (laughs) and so i think like now it's like okay i definitely would be more into ryan than i would be into seth because like especially this episode he does not you're right he does not come off looking good at all (laughs) he looks he's very it's like it's like very shitty first of all you're giving the same gifts to two people who potentially could talk to each other which is like awful (laughs) yeah and, and yeah, so it's not the best, but it's also like his enthusiasm is endearing. Any sane person would know that this situation would not is not going to work out. Yeah. Like what I was watching and being like, this can't be true. I am so I was confused. hating the girls. I, tell him to fuck I know, off. Right? Like- but you're right. I did like I am a Rachel Bilson fan. So, of course, I know Summer and Seth are a thing in the show, whatever. But I've never even seen this Anna girl in, in reference to the OC in anything. So I was like, I kind of like this girl. And that comic book, I'm like, I relate to her, obviously, yeah. more than I would relate to uh, Summer's character. But I actually, one of my questions is, was there like a team Ryan, team Seth thing going on in the time this was airing? Is that like a big OC fandom thing? I feel like a lot. everyone was more Ryan. But was I don't that a think, thing? People, no, people... I don't think so. Like team Raph, team Michael? Not in the same way team Jess and team Dean. You know, not in the same way that I guess. Well, I mean, I don't know if Team Jess, Team Dean was just a Gilmore Guys thing, but like it's not in the same way because like they were just so different. Like whoever's Team Dean, if you think about the time period, it's like one was blonde and one was not. One was like Jewish and obviously like very, like very Jewish personality and one is not. Yeah. Well, and also they're not going for the same girl. So it's not like you're like, oh, my God, Marissa, pick him. That's a great point. That really is. I. I didn't realize that because I was gonna also gonna ask if they ever switch girls at all. No. Okay. Can you imagine a Seth and Marissa relationship? Well, they mentioned something. Well, because Seth and Marissa have known each other for because like, they're next they grew door up neighbors. Together, yeah. Because they're next door neighbors, so it very well could have happened, but. No, I can't picture it because it's just like <laughs> it's so I just can't picture it. See, I like to think no. that the more opposite, I love. Okay, which team are you on? Because I think it shows something about yourself. Yeah. Like, like it is classic. Julie is team Raph, and I'm team Michael. <laughs> it just makes sense, and it would make sense, like you said, that you would be team Ryan and I would be team Seth, but you're not. Uh, and then Jess and Dean, I 
I would say more it's I don't listen to Gilmore guys I only listen to maybe like the first five or six episodes and like random ones when they had like Scott Patterson on or whatever his name is Mm -hmm. I would think it would be more Jess and Logan not Jess and Dean Dean come on you better stop I know no one likes Dean but anyway I could talk about this episode for me never seeing it seeing this I'm obsessed with this episode it's amazing it's a great Christmas it's like one it's it's a Christmas episode so there's multiple Christmas episodes I want to say there's at least yeah two or three it might be every season yeah yeah there's one every season I just feel like you have to watch them when December comes like it just it's like just any type of show like I get so mad when I'm watching a show and like I'm watch- catching up on a show that like everyone it's been on off TV for like six years and I'm finally giving it a shot and I'm watching it in like July and like a Christmas episode comes on and I'm like fuck I wish I was watching this like while it was on when it probably came out in December and there's a reason for like a Christmas episode like I said I'm rewatching season four right now and I just got past their Thanksgiving episode and I'm like perfect time perfect yeah it's it's the episode where summer invites all the homeless people over because she doesn't want to talk about what she's dealing with (laughs) classic it's so good you'll also have the early appearance of chris pratt yes is in season four he goes to college with summer and they are like huge into like saving the environment Mm. and and that's like kind of where you see the growth of summer of like season one through three it's like going to the mall shopping like buying shoes like Seth brings her like Valley Girls DVD and she's like I don't enjoy this anymore and it's like yes Summer yes I'm not that girl anymore (laughs) Seth but does that mean that I'm not your girl anymore like that's the whole (laughs) premise of season 4 with the two of them basically that's what I'm saying I just I blacked out season 4 I just I cannot remember anything so you're gonna love this but like I in rewatching it in the beginning, I was like, I hate Julie Cooper. That actress has the perfect like witch face for all of this. Rewatching it, I'm like, you know what? Julie Cooper's not that bad. She's just she really is trying to be a good mother in the yeah. best in the only way she knows how. She's a very pretty actress. But she has like like that because I can't stop seeing her as like the dominatrix from the first CSI, like from the original CSI. Cause she was a dominatrix and then she played like Amanda, the seductress deprogrammer in Nikita. Uh, oh I watch God. a lot of TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's me okay. too. Somewhere someone's listening to this and they're like, oh my God, I didn't, I forgot about that. Nikita. <laughs> and so I have action for two, for you two. And, you know, consequently also for Matt as well. So when you're thinking about like the five things in like a starter pack, like in a Julie, Kathleen, Matt starter pack, like what are you giving them? What are you giving that person? So you mean like, what Seth some- gives them? Yeah. Okay. So like DVDs, CDs, like his like, this is a Seth Cohen starter pack. These are the five things that are like the basic foundational things that you need to like at least have heard so that way you can understand a window into my soul or like you're sharing that bit of your soul with somebody. So if you're thinking about that, in terms of like giving it to a potential significant other or even like just someone you know that you really want to be like a close friend to what are those things that is an amazing question it is i'm gonna think about that for the rest of my life i know i can't even think like see mine i am you where i watch tv is my personality like i think would you agree with that julie that like but i have like my own Instagram, really the only thing I post is, oh my God, I just watched the show, everybody watch it. Like it's all I post and I'm huge on TV. So if DVDs were still a thing, I feel like it would just be like a Scream DVD. Like I have very, a Grey's Anatomy DVD, like something about the magicians. Like I, I'm only thinking about TV if I, I'm trying to think of at least one object that's not TV related. Yeah. And I'm unsure. Yeah. Do you have your list, Joe? I don't. Because okay. this is constantly something that I think about often and And I kind of did something similar. So when I was like in the beginning stages of dating my boyfriend, we're coming up on a year. So about like this time last year, I thought it would be really cool if like we shared each other's like top 100 songs that like are basically make up our essence. Like this is and I said, like, these are the songs that like I will never skip. I will always listen to if it comes up on shuffle or these are songs that speak to a very specific part of me or make me feel something like these 100 songs. And so I share that place with him. He shared his with mine. And I feel like that was something like I got a look into his soul in a way that I Mm -hmm. didn't think that I would be able to. 
And like, that's kind of where that, where that came from is like the Seth Cohen starter pack. Yeah. But I always think about that because it's like, I also would be like TV related stuff or movies or some sort of like this playlist would be one of those things like Mm -hmm. this playlist of the hundred songs or, you know, this thing, but there's just so much that I can't seem to choose. But like, I think for me, it would start off with music. So in the same way that like, he's a huge death cab fan. Like, I think it would start off with that playlist as like the definitive first thing of the like five things, the Joe starter pack, you know, I love that you did that. I think that's awesome. See, if I did that with my husband, now that I have to say my husband, I'm like, your husband now. It's so forced. I hate it. Like, I'm like, I'm like my husband. (laughs) like i can't like so oh god (laughs) literally but like if i did that like mayan is like musicals like i like uh, and kenny's would be like strictly like rap and he loves like old school rock so like i guess i've been with him for so long that like now it's like i know what would be on his and i'm sure he would know what's on mine just because of how much i like sing obnoxiously around our house like mama mia songs i think my top 100 would concern somebody like i think they would look at these top 100 and be like there's a lot of sad shit on here yeah, what is wrong with like, are, are you, you doing okay? duets by yourself like, what way am i no i am too i ain't judging you i also think mine would be really concerning for people because it would be like everything from musicals but like some of the really sad like because yes. i have a lot of breakup songs oh. i was listening to it and when you when i realized that i was giving this to somebody who was i was like dating i was like don't be afraid of the fact that there's a lot of breakup songs on here it's just that like you know when you identify as like a sad gay boy boy spelled b o i like you know you <laughs> You like really like this is this like ro- uh, like Robin's uh, dancing on my own like oh my is God. very much like yes. how I feel uh, on most days. And something about a breakup song like you could be the happiest person in the world and belting a breakup song feels mm-hmm. so good. Like the other day I was by myself getting ready and I was blasting you ought to know like doing oh, my makeup shit. like literally doing my makeup in a sports bra and and shorts and like going all out in the mirror like mm-hmm. putting on my foundation like lip singing looking at myself like it was a vibe and you would thought that i was going through a hardcore fucking breakup yeah it's it's crazy because i recently went through one in like april time frame and it's crazy how songs that are breakup songs in in nature when you listen to when you're happy and in a relationship you you love them they're sad and they make you sad but and you listen to that same fucking song after the breakup it is a completely (laughs) different game it's like holy shit so i went through the ones where sad songs like i couldn't listen to them and then i got over it but then there was ones like i told joy that you ought to know was like my fucking fuck you breakup song Mm -hmm. where i tried to just channel that more instead of the like but we went on we had a text conversation one time during my breakup that we were sending each other songs and i I sent you that crazier thing song and you were like sis yeah i was like kathleen no put the phone down (laughs) but at my bachelorette party me and kathleen we performed a lot of songs so many we performed you ought to know and i had my heart broken too okay like we were both in mourning and angel eyes that was our other good one angel eyes mama mia don't even start since you've been gone Uh, right like i mean behind these hazel eyes i mean my eyes are hazel behind these hazel eyes yes (laughs) matt i want to know your starter pack but i have a i have a guess that your jim henson book is included no so so this was so i think this is shocking because like the muppets almost made it on this list and then i was like if i'm giving someone a starter pack it's got to be like five things where there is a singular memory that is tied to that thing so like the muppets is like so all-encompassing for me that it's like oh i've loved it since i was a kid and i've like loved it my whole life but these are like ones where it's like, no, there's like a story tied to like my love of these things. So my five things would have been the Scrubs season one DVD. It would have been the movie Harold and Maude. It would be the Garden State soundtrack. It would be the Avett Brothers, I and Love and You. And it would be Chuck Clusterman's book. Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs, a Pop Culture Manifesto. I just, I don't even know how you did that so fast. It's like, you've been thinking about this your whole life. (laughs) Pretty much. You have to remember that like, I spend a lot of time thinking in lists. So it was like very much like, okay, obviously they have to watch Scrubs because I feel like no other show speaks to like who I am as a person than Scrubs. 
and then Harold and Maude is like that is like my relationship litmus test movie. Like is it's not it doesn't fall into like the usual category of like oh Matt loves horror movies he loves Christmas movies but like Harold and Maude is like if you watch this movie and you don't feel the same powerful surge of like living your life to the absolute fullest that I feel every single time that I think about that movie, then like there's going to be like our, our concepts of like what makes the world worth living are so dramatically different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the garden state soundtrack was like the breakup soundtrack of my entire life. And then the Avid brothers, like Avid, Avid. I know I'm so bad at saying their name, the Avid brothers. I mean, I love their whole discography, but like that album I have like a very distinct memory of putting the CD in my car for the first time and driving somewhere and like literally sitting in the parking lot until the album was done. Cause I was like, I, I can't stop album. this. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. And then sex drugs and Popo- cocoa puffs is like, I've probably read that book like 70 times. Like it's, wow. it's how I write. Everything that I write is inspired by that. Okay. Wait. So I mean, back to the OC, I, for Julie Cooper, I was like, whoa, Marissa's mom is banging Seth's grandpa? Yeah. I was like, or or married to? And I was like, but it took, you don't like get introduced to that until the middle of the episode. And I was like trying to catch up. First of all, I wasn't even sure that that was Marissa's mom because of the way she was treating her until she was like yelling at the dad being like, it always happens when she's with you. And I'm like, God, she's such, Julie's such a bitch. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, I am a bitch. <laughs> Jimmy sucks in the beginning, the very beginning. Dad? Yeah, but oh. he grows on me. I think he's hot. I think he's hot, too. And I always just think of the episode of Friends, well, multiple episodes of Friends, yep. where Rachel is, like, obsessed Joshua. with him. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, that's just what I think of when I see him. But he grows on me. Oh, like, yeah, Jimmy Cooper is hot dad. Yes. Um, he's Big hotter time. than Sandy Cohen. Big yes. Hands down. Yes. 100%. Although it is nice seeing Peter Gallagher in this role because did you, Joe, did you watch Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? Yes. Yeah. So it's nice <laughs> to see him like actually being able to like being a part. I mean, he was like the biggest part of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, but it's nice to see him like up and about. And yeah. yeah. So this show was supposed to be like, this is the starring Peter Gallagher show. Like that was how it was built. He's top build in this. And I'm like, was he that big of a star? are in the like early to the late 90s early 2000s that like this is the this is like his career making move but like you, before we get introduced to the core four you know high school kids and i just thought that was so strange because like who still has a career peter gallagher adam brody still has a career very much uh ben mckenzie who plays uh ryan has a career rachel bilson to a certain extent he plays has a batman career. in gotham um jim gordon he plays the commissioner yeah oh uh, not batman yes correct you, i'm glad you said that because like i've never watched the oc in my life beyond this episode and i remember watching it and being like did i blink and miss adam brody's name pop up because i was like there was like six people that went before his name yeah. popped up. And in my mind, I was like, this is like the Adam Brody show. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I always knew it as. But I think this created Adam Brody. Like, you have to remember, yeah, this was this 2003 was or yeah. something like that. Like, it, it was a long time ago. And he's young in this show. Interesting you say that because I, I don't have any stock in Adam Brody until this moment, until after watching this episode. But I just listened to him on Armchair Expert. And he was talking. First of all, he's a very smart dude in real life way cockier than I thought he was going to be just like I thought he was going to be more like the dorky side like he is on this but he's very like confident and cocky and married to late Meester so he's like talking about that but he was talking about the early days and Dax was kind of asking him questions and he was like well I was already the top build character on like a Brady Bunch remake. Like he was like talking up his, mm-hmm. his before this, like the podcast episode took a while to get to the OC. Really? And I was like, wow, it's, it was very interesting episode. Maybe um, in my head, he only became relevant after the so OC. Yeah. So it's nice that you picked this episode now after I listened to that. So now I'm like fully Adam Brody. Seth well, yeah, Adam, Adam Brody was in growing up Brady, but it's like, it's basically the, it's the movie is based on the guy, who was who played Greg Brady it was his recount and memoir of the time on on the show and so it's like Adam Brody plays Greg Brady or plays Barry whatever his name is that plays Greg and then Kaylee Cuoco plays Maureen McCormick who plays Marsha and there's like a whole thing with their love affair and how he kind of like almost maybe had a love affair with Florence Henderson like it was really it's really strange but 
that was like my very first introduction to Adam Brody. And then it wasn't until like the OC when it's like, okay, I, I understand what's going on. I like, you know, skinny, nebbish Jewish guys. Um, <laughs> that's my sexuality. Well, and it's funny that you said like how only some of the characters now in the show are relevant. So I feel like I heard that Marissa was killed off because she thought she could do bigger and better things in the OC. And then she absolutely didn't like she didn't get any acting roles and then shame on myself i watched the um the hills they just like re-aired the hills and she's on it and it's like what are you doing here why are you on this and she's there and then i don't think she made it to season two like season two hasn't came out yet but i don't think that she's a part of it yeah i don't remember you you could be very you very well could be right but i just know that like for whatever stuff was happening in her like outside life because she was very much like in the tabloids like I don't think I think I was like oh my god Marissa whatever what's her name again Misha Misha Barton Misha Barton basically doing Marissa Cooper in real life because she's like smoking and drinking and walking around with big sunglasses and I think like I think she had to go to rehab for something and that was part of it as well. Like, uh, like at least when her maybe career failed and she had to go to rehab. I don't, I don't entirely know, but I know that she like, like no, none of them ever want to do like a reboot reunion, <laughs> OC reunion. Like that's like, the nope. that's the interesting thing because I remember like watching like YouTube stuff after like as I was watching rewatching the series and it was like. Yeah, so-and-so's on the record saying, nope, never need to go back there again, never need to go back there again, never need to go back there again. And I just wonder if, like, if working with McG was that bad. (laughs) I just think it was because it was such, like, a moment in time. Like, I, listening to some of the music, not just in this episode, but in other episodes, it, like, takes me back to, like, that early 2000s. And I had just moved to California in about in 2004. So like my only flame of reference for Southern California was the OC. And so like hearing the music like takes me back to like, you know, being with friends at the mall and, you know, remember the mall? Remember (laughs) when like, you know, (laughs) we're going to go to the mall and shop for things. And now it's just like, you know, boop, boop, boop. Amazon gets it here in two days. I mean, if Um, I wasn't invested in this show watching this episode, when it ends with a bright eyes cover of Blue Christmas, I was like, oh, this is speaking to college mad in like such a deep way right now. And it has an absolutely amazing theme song that song when it comes on my playlist i just like think of summer because i think of this show so i'm thinking of beaches like can you sing it for me really quick because i cannot think of it right now. we've been on the run driving in the sun looking out for number one california California. here we come like it's so the the piano in the beginning like oh my god oh yeah it's giving me i know and i get the same way with one tree hill like yeah. the part that it comes in where it's like the slow part of like i don't want to be <laughs> like no but in the beginning dun, he's like dribbling dun, the basketball dun, yep. and it's slow and i'm just like oh my god it it takes me back to a time do either of you know jason schwartzman oh yeah mm-hmm. so i was like i know joe knows jason schwartzman is like this very famous independent actor he's in like every wes anderson movie but before he was an actor he was the drummer and piano player in phantom planet jason schwartzman's mother is talia shire who is the sister of Nicolas cage i hate Nicolas cage i had a Nicolas cage poster on my wall in college i hate him kenny made me watch that movie national treasure no the one where he's on the plane going home oh con air yeah you hate con air no i don't hate con air i hate Nicolas cage that's insane i love the national treasure movie so much i would watch 800 of them like it is like a family thing that me jimmy and my dad go and we went and saw both but every time it's on we'll sit and watch it and if for any national treasure fans out there we always say like who's the secret lie with the secret lie with charlotte (laughs) <laughs> I knew you were my friend, Joe. Is, so that. is National Treasure part of the Kathleen uh, starter It might pack? be, honestly. <laughs> it, it's, that speaks to a very specific part of me, I think. That really does. I love it. And it's like a family thing. So You got to have something where, like, if you had to break it down, you got to have something that speaks to your past and your childhood, how you are with your family, how you are with your friends, who you are now and where you're going to go. Like, I just came up with that right now. God, but I feel that like was, if you're that gonna... was poetry, by the way. 
it's like you have to have like that that going forward and so i and it's just funny because it's like he just bundled it up and here you go and then for me it's just like i don't know if i don't know if that's how i would introduce someone to the five things that like make up my soul my essence anyone watched uh 500 days of summer oh yeah. yes mm-hmm. think about that moment in 500 days of summer where the narrators like you know tom is like realizing that he has now entered a world that very few people have ever been to like in in like by going to um summer's apartment like uh-huh. and and that's how i i can tell you specifically when i've seen those moments in like every single person that i've ever been romantically involved with the moment where i knew that i was bringing them into something that was very close to me and the moment when i feel like, felt like they were bringing me into something very close with them oh my god and so like i it's not just like, I don't think it's just like, here you go, Merry Christmas. And I gave it to another person too. <laughs> I want to like hire you as my like therapist. Like, I, yeah, I think I love you. I, I like the way your brain works. Yeah. It's everything you're saying is really doing it for me. Cause I, like, I think exactly the same way. Every Wednesday at 7 yeah. 15. No, I, my brain works exactly the same yeah. way. It's really nice to hear you articulate it out loud. Yeah. So this is not a plug, but um, so the reason so there's actually another reason that I watched the OC. So I rewatched it because I was cast in a kind of like experimental theater project over done digitally because of the pandemic. And the artist that does it, he basically hired 10 artists from around the world who are like the quote unquote unofficial experts in one particular television show. And basically I would Zoom with people paid to like have this like one-to-one performance. So people would uh, Zoom in with me and then they would tell me like a problem that they were having and I would prescribe to them an episode of the OC that I felt like addressed their problem. I love that. And this particular artist, he he does the same thing, but he does it in person and he does it with Sex and the City because he's watched Sex and the City like upwards of 50 times, like the whole series front to back. And he did it to me and he like I was having trouble with something and he recommended like four episodes of Sex and the City and I've watched them and it does work. There was one girl from Germany who did the Gilmore Girls. There was was one girl from New York who did um, Parks and Rec and all that stuff. And so I was the OC guy. And it's like, yeah, I've seen all episodes of the OC, but I also picked a show that I knew that not many people had seen. And like rewatching it and kind of diving deeper into it, like I was like, wow, this show really is like, it's such a specific time period, but there's definitely things that are applicable to today. And like and the people people came in with heavy questions because this was July. So like it was right after all the stuff with the Black Lives Matter movement, like we're in the height of covid and people were just like bringing in their covid stuff, bringing in all of their problems about it. And I'm like, I don't know how like Marissa taking the car, (laughs) you know, I don't know how like. You know, Seth Cohen's like, you know, witty humor and the problems of Ryan, you know, I don't know how that's going to help you, but here it is. Yeah. And then, you know, there was some some people were very receptive and some people were like, I'm never watching this. Like, I'm like, OK, well, you paid the money, so I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I don't really I just, give I'm a shit. Yeah. What I gave you. <laughs> Did exactly. they know they were signing up for the OC when they got? No. The, OK, OK. Yeah, they were signing up for whatever came oh. on. So like. There was so, there was one person that was like, oh, my God, like I, if this was like if this was Star Trek, original Star Trek, I'd have like I'd be I'd mean I'd know that no problem. And I was like, oh, sorry, this is the OC. <laughs> this is the opposite of Star Trek. Yeah, the complete opposite. Did you have to talk them through their issue or no? You literally just prescribed the episode couple minutes. I just ask more questions and whatever. I just pick the things. So like I had the full list of episodes for each for each season and I literally wrote out what I thought those episodes dealt with. So I put like death and dying and then all the episodes that dealt with death and die. I picked up what are the top 10 most common problems Mm. of people. And then like after the first five like performances of this, I did this like I did three shows a day for like two weeks. And after the first five performances, I was like, shit, I need to pick out the COVID ones. So what are the ones that COVID? Well, this one deals with this and this one deals with never anything specifically about COVID, but about like how to adapt to, you know, dramatic circumstances, you know? So I was like, yes. And in this episode, someone dramatic dies and this is how the characters dealt with it and all that stuff. And And then at the end, we sang 
uh, the theme song. <laughs> I love that. It's so weird to me. Like I, I catch myself doing this that when I see like big events on TV shows, I, I'm like, no way this could happen with COVID. Like that's what I think now when I see so like the the dinner party of like this episode, like all those people at it's not the Cooper's house, right? It's um, it's Caleb's Cal's, house. Yeah, Cal's house. I'm like, it's couldn't uh, happen. Caleb's uh, Caleb's mansion. Yeah, I'm like, couldn't happen. COVID. Yeah, yeah. I was watching the the current season of The Crown, and Princess Margaret was coughing, and I was like, oh shit, she's got COVID. Yeah. And I'm like, no, Joe, this is happening in the '80s, and she smokes a lot. So. Yeah, like, isn't it crazy that that's what you like think of now? Like, it's like that couldn't happen. Like- the Crown is so good, isn't it? I love the season. I'm only a few episodes in <laughs> because I'm trying to savor it and not just binge it all at once. I almost binged all of it in one day on Sunday, but. I've been behaving. I'm, t- I'm definitely taking my time. The My favorite season so far, even with these episodes, my favorite season still season, the previous season, season three, I thought that one was like the, was perfect, but I'm really liking these episodes and I really feel sorry for Diana. Oh my God. <laughs> like it's it, really something else. Yeah. But I love all the tweets that were like, um, I can't even think of what it's called. Like I would never wear the sh- the wrong shoes to the... Oh, Balmoral. Balmoral. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I would never wear the yeah. wrong shoes. Like people are going... It's the royal etiquette is fucking insane. Like season four is yeah. all about Diana coming in. And it, I've never watched that show. Okay. But you know, Princess Diana yeah. and all that. Oh mm-hmm. my God. And she's just like they're trying to learn all the like um it's it's yeah. insane it's so stupid it's honestly well, stupid but i love it so much the royal family like come out with something saying they were pissed about the most recent season probably i'm surprised that they haven't like a like released statements every year yeah. um talking about how how weird this is but also secretly part of me wants to believe that like maybe they send her the scripts the queen they like send it yeah. to her to her and then she just kind of like signs off on it or like doesn't say anything and she's okay with it wow i might have to wa- i'm trying this to catch is now up a on crown recap yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to catch up on Grey's, and then i stopped i paused Grey's to watch season four of the oc and then summer's going back to school and her dad takes her and he says that he's going to um he's going to get another job at seattle grace he says that yeah they're in the same universe uh, and I was like, oh, my God. Wait, what did the OC air on? It aired on Fox. Fox. Yeah. Wow. Because mm-hmm. Grey's is ABC. She wants to be a doctor because she wants to be. They do talk about uh, Grey's Anatomy, I think. Um, and that's why he said that. Uh, that's why he said that. Because there's like it exists in the same. They made it exist in the same universe. That's incredible. Love that. Love any sort of Grey's yeah, Anatomy Yeah, I was reference. like, oh, I, p- I never pick up on stuff. But I picked up on that. Yeah, probably because I'm watching Grey's right now. Yeah, baby. All right, we're just going to keep talking about other shows if we don't wrap this up. I know. Wow, I really could talk. I could talk to you, Joe, forever. I could sit here for fucking ever. (laughs) I rarely get the opportunity to talk about non-horror things. And when I do get to talk about non-horror things, I just snatch it like, you know, snatch it like it's going out of style. So... I could I, talk about I, the OC forever. The only thing I do want to talk about is Marissa shoplifting. I was like, bitch, come on, please. Uh, so talking about mo- the speaking most about dramatic scene, too. Yeah. He's like, ma'am, I said I want to see your purse. I know. That's just not how it works either. <laughs> no. Like The thing would have went off. Like He wouldn't have followed them to their car. Yeah, each store is every man for themselves. Yeah. There's not like a mall guy with a fucking headset that's like, we got another one. They're running out. <laughs> like It's like, no, yeah. dude, if you stole from Claire's and, and <laughs> if the Claire's people don't get you you're not getting he doesn't yell for her he just follows her closely to her car right he follows her all the way to the car and it's like okay at that point you know just take the loss take the loss on that and ryan's like i said leave her alone (laughs) yeah the most dramatic thing is like shoplifting and her alcoholism like that's what i love about this show because like if this was now it would be like you know it would be completely different because i don't think that those things like are you know that significant anymore because especially like in this show when people think i'm pregnant and i'm like yeah but like crazy ex-girlfriend had like straight up an abortion like you know like this is Mm -hmm. this is not these are things that like they've when when things that we're talking that are more normal now to see on tv are weren't as normal or not normalized then and so i'm thinking like wow shoplifting was a big deal like you know you didn't call me and now you know we're enemies and i'm like oh god this is too (laughs) much 
I'm just really glad that the cop scene ended up the way it did because I was like, if he takes the blame for this alcohol being in the car, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. Yeah. And I just really mm-hmm. liked the dramatic scene of him slamming the car multiple times because I was like, she deserves that. She's being annoying. And he's like, she's like, you're scaring me. He's like, good, you're scaring me. And I was like, that's actually not bad, yeah. folks. That is not bad. Scare well, her straight. And now I think, now I'm still thinking about like my final answer on hating Marissa, but he, she's just such a risk to him. Like, he's trying to get yeah. his life together and yeah. she's just such a fucking mess that like she's just a risk and i think that's what pisses me off the most about her because she's so dramatic like she lies out her ass about everything like even just when she was like can you grab something for me and then shoves a bottle of vodka in her purse so (laughs) so awkwardly too clumsily it's like in case the viewers could not tell this was vodka let me just fumble (laughs) it around for a whole 10 seconds i did love this episode though i was like full in and uh, like I said it felt familiar even though I hadn't seen it before this was a good episode yeah. this is an episode that I like you your speaking parts at least not maybe not ours is something I would listen to on a podcast mm-hmm. that I was interested in and be like oh yeah that would like inspire me I'd be fucking hype agreed I appreciate that <laughs> thank you you I, I love your show just because like I, I think about what like my perfect ele- like perfect perfect episodes of television and I don't even know quite the criteria of it. But like for me, that's like perfect. And I think Chris Mika, this Chris Mika episode is perfect because like it has all the drama. Like it has everything that you want people to watch, you know, when when it's like well, this is a Chris Mika episode. And then like, bam, we're going to throw this thing in there. And then if you do watch season two's Chris Mika episode, like there's a huge bomb that gets dropped in that one. And then season three, there's like not as big of a bomb, but it's still pretty significant. And season four is funny because it's like Chris Maha, which is like, what if Ryan never came to Newport? <laughs> and what happens with all the characters there if Ryan had never come to Ooh, Newport? I love a good alternate reality yeah, episode. Yeah, that's good stuff. That You know you're in your last season when you're pulling out fucking alter- alternate universes. Yeah, you're like incorporating characters that you just introduced. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wraps it up. That does. Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for, thank you for joining us, bringing us so much happiness. We're big fans of you and yes. of those. Oh, thank you. If you want to talk about anything else in the future, let me know cuz I don't have it I don't have a pressing episode at the moment, so I'm not going to like, you know, predict what it is I'll be on the show for, but, you know, I'm interested in a lot of TV, so yeah. <laughs> Me too. So you just brainstorm and whenever you're inspired, you're on. And that's it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy Christmaca. Happy Happy Christmaca. Happy Christmaca, y'all. Bye. This has been My Favorite Episode Up. My Favorite Episode Up is produced by Matt Kelly as part of the Geekscape Network and hosted by Julie and Kathleen. Check out our show notes for all of our socials and email us at myfavoriteepisodepodcast at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting apps, and we'll be back next week with another episode of My Favorite Episode Up. listening to the Geekscape Network.